Spirit, that you fall fresh on us. Become, O oh God, the Lord and the Master of this assembly. For unto you shall the gathering of the people be. Be the Lord. Speak to us. Let the entrance of your word bring clarity, illumination to your people. Let our lives not be the same again because we came. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this house. We welcome you. Come and be. Come and be our teacher. Come and be our leader. Come and be our shepherd. Come and be our guide. Come, oh God, in your strength and in your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I want to preach a short message I entitled... I entitled The Gospel of Sacrifice. The Gospel of Sacrifice. Somebody say with me, The Gospel of Sacrifice. Most of us have been brought up into thinking that Christianity is removed from sacrifice. Christianity is removed from sacrifice because God has already sent Jesus to pay the price. And because he has paid the price, we have nothing to add. Nothing to contribute. Anything that makes us want to sacrifice anything further is not the gospel. Hallelujah. Or oh, I say hallelujah. Anything that is contrary to this statement is not God. So that anytime we Christians gather, all we are good for is to receive. All we are good for is for God to give us the breakthrough, for God to show himself strong on our behalf, we don't have anything else to contribute. So when somebody comes and he says that Christianity is about sacrifice, immediately we look at the person funny. But this morning, I want to tell you that the gospel or the good news is about sacrifice. Hallelujah. In Matthew 16, verse 24 to 28, which is going to be our text throughout this month, Matthew 16, 24 to 28, the Bible says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone comes, anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up what? Oh, take up what? I didn't hear you. Take up what? Anyone who desires to come to me must take up his cross. And follow me. Hallelujah. The word follow is present continuous, isn't it? The word follow is a command, isn't it? When somebody says, follow me, what are they saying? It means you don't stop. You don't stay at one place. You have to keep moving after me. Get the picture right. He says that if you want to be my disciple... Go to the side and get your cross. The cross is not a fashion accessory. The cross is a symbol or an emblem of suffering. When you take up the cross, what you are going to do on the cross is to suffer. Hello? The only thing, only relationship any human being has with the cross is suffering. A sacrifice. When you take up the cross... You are going to, uh, let, let's remove the, the cross because the cross is confusing. How many have seen a firing range before? If you see a firing range, you see they draw like a man. Yeah, the, the army man is telling us, you see a man, you don't see the face, but they draw like the head and they show you the torso. And that is what you have to aim at to shoot. So assume that thing, can you look for a picture of that thing? Can, if that thing is a cross, he says that if you want to come after me, go and take that thing. And nothing, when you take it, all you have to do is to lie on it for people to shoot at you. And how many know that when somebody is shooting at you, it's not an easy thing? Hallelujah. Today, my dad and my mom are in church, so I have to behave myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's amazing that doctor 
and Mrs. Akuto are sitting by Dr. and Mrs. Akuto. Dr. and Dr. Akuto. And they don't know that they are all Akutos. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there's a senior Akuto to the junior one. Amen. One has been married longer than one has been alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, if you desire to be my disciple, let him take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Hallelujah. Can you see the picture? That is the modern day cross. And the lady who is shooting is what you are going to suffer if you are lying on it. Hallelujah. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. What the scripture is saying that modern day Christians who like to save our lives, we are going to lose it. If we don't get on the program of sacrifice. Hallelujah. Whoever loses his life for my sake, on the contrary, will do what? Have it. You will find it if you lose or if you sacrifice. If you are willing to sacrifice for my sake, then you are going to find life. Hallelujah. So the secret to finding life is in the sacrifice. Am I making sense? For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? This particular verse shoots down all the prosperity message that we preach. Read that verse with me. Ready? Let's read. What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, the, what the scripture is trying to say to us is that there is a tendency of losing your soul whilst trying to gain the whole world. Am I making sense? There is a tendency of you Losing your soul whilst trying to find the world. Some of us, we don't try to find the world, but in the small that we are trying to find, there's a tendency of losing our souls. And he's saying to you, what sense does this make? That you are trying hard to chase after things, after wealth, after finances, and in the process, you lose your soul. You know, I was reading an article of a pastor who was saying that in this Ukraine war, he has lost his home that is worth 4.6 million pounds. And he's lost his church. And he's lost his ministry and his finances. And as I was reading the article, this scripture came into mind. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Or what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, this man who was writing the article, who wrote the article, has run to gain his soul in exchange for his wealth. There are some people who would have Wanted to stay. If I'm going to die, I might as well die with my properties. I'm not living here. Hallelujah. Christians today, by the false teaching that has been preached to us, we are all about gaining the world. We are all about happiness. We are all about what we can gain and what. And so the gospel of sacrifice has not has been relegated to the banner, has not been emphasized. But the gospel is about sacrifice. Hallelujah. We don't like to hear that. 
Let's read on. Verse 27, quickly. For the Son of Man will come in his glory of his Father with his angels, and then he, he will reward each according to his works. What Jesus was saying is that after this life, there is another process. And that process is when the Son of Man and his angels come to give each the reward of what they have done with their lives here. And it is in that reward that the, the statement, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul will become relevant? Hallelujah. Somebody sang, sang a song, said that silver and gold, silver and gold, i rather have Jesus than silver and gold. But now that I have Jesus, give me the silver and give me the gold. All right, you are going to get a silver and you are going to get a gold. But make sure that in your getting, don't lose your soul. In your getting, do not allow your soul to be tampered with. In your getting, do not lose your soul. You see, the word don't lose your soul, it doesn't mean that your soul will be, you will die. Your soul will die. No, no. It means that your soul will be ended up in eternal damnation where you lose it. So after this life, after this life, there's another life. And that life is longer than this one. So this life does not end. It's transition. You move from here to another life. Like we move from our mother's womb. It was life there. It was a place. And a lot of people enjoyed that place and didn't want to come out. Some, some stayed beyond the time they were supposed to stay. Others came earlier than the time they were supposed to, came, to come. But they, whatever it is, they, they came out thinking that that was the end. Once you come out of the womb, life is finished. But they, they did not realize that the life outside the womb is longer than the life inside the womb. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm also trying to say to you that after this life, there's another life which is much, much longer than the life inside the womb, than the life on this earth. And so what shall a man gain? When he gains everything in this life and loses his own soul. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? This is a gospel of sacrifice which we don't talk about. You don't hear it in many churches. It's all about win, 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 win. It is true, but it is not the whole truth. You win, but the winning that you win must not be in exchange for your soul. These days, people are go running to pastors, pray for me that the man will leave his wife and marry me. Kill the wife, Lord, so that I can be there. It sounds funny, but it's true. You see people who go to church, sing in the choir fast. They are, they are side chick to the, the minister. And they want the minister to leave his wife so that they can become the premier lady. The first lady. You'll be surprised that even in the church, some people are praying that let their wife die, Lord. So that I can be the first lady of the church. You'll be the last lady. <laughs> Let's finish. <laughs> Verse 28. Okay. Might as well read my own Bible. As surely I say to you, there are some standing here who would not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming to his kingdom. Hallelujah. So I, this, I gave us the root word for sacrifice in, on Wednesday for those who were here. I said that the root word for sacrifice, it comes from two words. You know, in the, the Old Testament is interpreted from the Hebrew into English, isn't it? And the New Testament is from the Greek to English. So we need to look at what sacrifice means in the Hebrew and what sacrifice also means in the Greek. And for the Hebrew, sacrifice means korban, 
That's K-O-R-B-A-N. So anytime you see sacrifice in the Old Testament, it is korban. And korban means to draw near. Korban means what? To draw near. Which means that anytime God says in the Old Testament sacrifice, it means draw near. So the Bible says that, and God said to Abraham, take your only son, Isaac, and take him to one of the mountains that I'll show you. And go and sacrifice him. What God was saying to Abraham was that, pay the gate fee to draw nearer to me. I don't think you understand what, what I'm saying. Which means that the word sacrifice in the Old Testament is the word to draw near. Which means also that if you don't sacrifice, you stay where you are. So if God is on the, on the altar behind the, uh, the pulpit and you are here and you refuse to sacrifice, guess what's going to happen? God is going to stay here and you are going to stay here and you are going to be dancing about all the blessings of God here and you will never approach. Because anytime you want to approach, you have to approach through the medium of what? Sacrifice. Hallelujah. Which means that sacrifice for us as Christians is a very important thing. If we don't sacrifice, we don't get close to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? In the Greek, sacrifice means something different. The Greek sacrifice is thusia. That's T. H-U-S-I-A, which comes from the, word, the root word theo, or two, which, means T, which is T-H-U-O, which means to kill or slaughter, slaughter for a religious purpose. To kill or to slaughter for a religious purpose. Amen. So in the Greek, it says that for the purpose of God, you must kill something. For the purpose of God, you must kill your pride. For the purpose of God, you must kill your selfishness. For the purpose of God, you must kill your relationship with a certain person. For the purpose of God, you must sacrifice something that you hold dear. Hallelujah. There are some relationships that so long as you hold on to that relationship, God will never come close to you. There are some boys and girls in your life that as long as you have that boy and you have that girl, God stays far away from you. Because if you want to come closer to him, then you have to kill that boy and kill that girl. When I say kill that boy, I mean kill the relationship. I went to church. The pastor said he was to start killing people. I didn't say that. I beg you. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? You need to start killing some relationship. How come from the day you got born again to today, nothing in your life has been killed? Your friends are still the same. Your behavior is still the same. The things you say are still the same. The things you think about are still the same. The things you do are still the same. Nothing has been killed. And you want to tell me and convince me you're a Christian? I don't think so. Because the gospel is a gospel of sacrifice. And it means that anytime you say you're a Christian, you have to sacrifice something. In uh, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and, uh, and I will give you rest. Take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is a yoke nevertheless. When you come to me, you bring me all your heavy burdens. And you take mine in exchange. The gospel that was preached to us was that bring all your troubles to God for he cares for you. And we stop there. Cast your burdens onto Jesus for he cares for you. That's where we stop. But that is not the real gospel. The real gospel is not, you see, half of a thing is more dangerous than not even having it. Half-truths are the worst 
half-truths are dangerous. And the, the, the problem we have in the, the gospel that has been, it's been preached to us these days is half-gospel, half-truths. Is the one that we want to hear. The thing that makes us uh, 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 fall in love. The, those uh, nice is that the trailers, they give us the trailer of the movie. You know, the trailer is always the best bit. So they take the best bit and jump it together and they form a message and say, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not. It is a whole movie. And the movie comes with the beginning, the middle, and the end. Am I talking to some, somebody? So the gospel doesn't start or stop with just being happy. Just being blessed. You have come with all your heavy burden. Ah, I've given you rest. That is part one of the gospel. Part two of the movie is take upon you my yoke and my burden. Then he goes to say that my burden is easy. My burden is light and my yoke is easy. Which means that the thing that I give you, they are not heavy. Like the one you brought. But you have to exchange it nevertheless. To take mine for yours. Am I making sense? Are you understanding? Yeah. So... Sacrifice is carbon, which means as you sacrifice, you are coming close. As you sacrifice, you are coming close. As you sacrifice, you are coming close. So as you leave that relationship, you are getting closer. As you leave your sleep that you love so much and begin to pray, you are getting closer. As you leave all the food that you keep eating and eating and eating and fast now and again, you are getting closer. As you, as you, you stop watching some things and you start reading the Bible, you are getting closer. So the more you sacrifice, the closer you are getting. Hallelujah. And the, the Tuzia is also saying that the more you break those things and kill those things, the more you are sacrificing for me. I said to you on, on Sunday that if you look at, can you give me the, a picture of the tabernacle of Moses? When you look at the picture of the tabernacle or that uh, Moses built, you see that there's an outer court. There's an inner court. Holy place and holy of holies. Alright? So the outer court is where every, all the animals, people who are bringing the animals to come and sacrifice, they are the ones that are in the outer court. So there's a lot of sheep, there's a lot of, uh, what do you call it? Sheep, dung, there's a lot of smelly things there, isn't it? Because the sheep are pooping, they, they are pooping, the people are, there's so much noise, people are trying, they are, they are milling around because they are getting ready to come into the house of God to sacrifice. Now that's indicative of our lives. Before we came into God, we had a lot of uh, cow dungs, we had a lot of poo on us, we had a lot of smell, a lot of noise, a lot of things on our lives. But as we approach, so can you see, so outside is where the, the, it starts. Outside is where it starts. Now when you come outside, before you can get into the inner court, there is a table or an altar that you need to sacrifice on. So the, the sheep you brought, it is there that you kill. Are you with me? You cannot kill, you cannot bring the live goat or the live cow from the outer court and keep it alive in the inner court. Uh, I don't know whether I'm making sense. Once you, you move the sheep from the outer into the inner court, it has to die. Blood must be spilled. Otherwise, you don't qualify to be in the inner court. Am I making sense? So you cannot be in the house of God. You cannot be in the kingdom of God and keep your life goat with you. 
Your life goat is your life character. I think I'm pretty more than your amen. But a lot of us, we want to have our life goat with us. Whilst we are in the presence of God. No. It's supposed to die at the entrance of the... Can you see the table? Can you see a goat lying on it? I don't know if you can see it. On the second table, there's a goat lying there. Is that goat alive? That goat has been done what? They have slit the goat's throat and the goat is dead. Somebody brought their bad behavior to the house of God and immediately it was put on the altar and it was gone. The things I used to do, I do them no more. The places I used to go, I go there no more. The things I used to say, I say them no more. There's a great change since I met God. Since I moved from the outer court into the inner court, my things have been sacrificed. Are your things being sacrificed? Or they are still alive? Some of us, our, our sins are pets. As for me, I know I have a temper. As for me, this is my pet. You cannot keep pets in the inner court. Can I say it again? You cannot keep pets in the inner court. As for the inner court, every sheep must die. No live goats. Hallelujah. No live goats. And then you will see a basin that after you have killed the goats, normally there's blood on your hands. And that blood has to be washed away in that basin. That basin is full of water. And we know that the water is the word of God. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Which means that when you come into the inner court, sometimes you have that debt that was from the outer court on your hands. But you cannot keep it in there. Which means that as you hear the word, Remember, water is also, the word also represents water. As the water of the word is coming upon you, it is cleansing you. So the message I'm preaching right now to you, it is supposed to wash you, it's supposed to cleanse you, it's supposed to wash your hands. Because as you are staying in the inner court, your hands have to be clean. It is okay to enter in with dirty hands. But it's not okay to stay with dirty hands inside the inner court. Am I making sense to somebody? You have to clean your hands. Bible says, without holiness, no man will see God. Let us lay aside the weight and the sin that easily beset us and run with patience, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And it's an example to us that if we're going to run, we have to despise the shame and kill. Endure the cross, endure the pain of killing the sheep that you came with. Our live pets, our live goats, our life, you know. Everybody loves their pet. The reason why sin is enjoyable, sin is painful to give up. is because it's enjoyable. If it's not enjoyable, then it might not be a sin. Or you are not doing it well. Hello? How many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And it's so difficult to give it up because they're pets. Nobody likes to kill their pets. But if you are going to make it, you have to kill the pet. I say you have to kill the pet. Am I talking to somebody? It is time to kill some pets. 
It is time to kill some pets. The outer court represents our lives before Christ. Lives full of confusion, bad attitude, and the list goes on. The altar, I, I mean, I'm going to give you the address so you can check it. Exodus 27, 1 to 8. The altar is where the animal you brought as an offering is sacrificed. And this is a picture of the cross of Calvary. Amen. So, Jesus was not the only one that went to the cross. All of us will have to go to the cross. All of us will have to go and put some things down. Amen. And then the washing basin is in Exodus 30, 17 to 21. The laver, the basin. And there the priests will wash themselves, wash, wash you with the word before you enter into the tent meeting. Amen. One of these days, I will preach on the protocols of the temple. What to do in the temple. But that's not what I want to talk about. Psalm 51, 16 to 17. So, in the modern day, God is not expecting you to sacrifice blood. That is why when we're coming to this service today, none of us brought goats and sheep. Psalm 51 verse 16. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not de delight in burnt offering. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Thou, O Lord, thou, O God, you will not despise. Hallelujah. So what the scripture is telling us that there is another form of sacrifice that God accepts these days. Because he took the blood of Jesus once and for all. And from that time, he's not expecting blood. He's not expecting that type of sacrifice from you and I. Nevertheless, he's, a set, he's expecting a certain type of sacrifice. I told you on Wednesday that if you want to understand the Old Testament with the eyes of the New Testament reality, learn to read the book of Hebrews. Because the book of Hebrews breaks down the culture in the Old Testament and brings it into modern day reality. Do you get it? So last, uh, on Wednesday, I was teaching us on the, some of the uh, sacrifices that God expects. The first sacrifice we talked about on, on Wednesday was a sacrifice of what? Praise. Hallelujah. So another form of animal that we bring into the house of God is praise. Hallelujah. Oh, nobody's minding me. We bring sacrifice of praise. House of the Lord. We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Hebrews 13, 15 to 17 says that through him, that's through God, through Christ, therefore let us all at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. It says that through him, let us offer what? A sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Do not neglect to do good, to contribute to the needy of the church as an expression of fellowship. For such sacrifices are always pleasing to God. Obey your spiritual, and then it goes on and on and on. But I want you to see that sacrifice of praise is the first one is mentioned. And I told you on Wednesday that the reason why praise is a sacrifice is that sometimes life beats you up. And it beats you up to the point that you don't feel like singing. You don't feel like praising God. It is not a praising season. Don't feel like it. Because life has beaten. How many know somebody who life has beaten them? Give me a wave. Not you, but you know somebody who life has dealt with. So the songwriter says that by the rivers of Babylon where we sat down and there we wept when we remembered 
Zion. Hallelujah. For those who carried us away captive, our plunderers request, Psalm 137, we, verse 2 says that we hang our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there, those who carried us away captive asked us to sing a song. Those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, sing us a song of one of the songs of Zion. And verse 4 says, but how shall we sing the Lord's song in a how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? It is difficult to sing when things are not going well for you. But he's saying that enter into the gates of God with thanksgiving in your heart and into his what? Cause with what? Praise and singing. So the gate fee that brings you closer. Remember sacrifice is drawing closer. The carbon of our modern day is to sing. Whether you like it or not, you have to offer. Hallelujah. So when you come to church and you feel so important that joins uh, praise and worship, some people don't come to church join praise and worship because it's not an important part. The important part is to come and hear the word. The word is the most important. No, 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 no. You don't understand the scripture. The most important part is paying the gate fee to get closer to God. Using the fruit of your lips. Hallelujah. Because the gospel is a gospel of sacrifice. And in each time, he expects you to sacrifice. Hallelujah. And I said to you that sometimes the reason why sacrifice is so difficult is that when you have abundance, you don't feel like doing what everybody else is doing because you're important. See, when you are, life has beaten you, you don't feel like singing. When you have beaten life and you are prosperous, you also don't feel like singing. I don't know what I'm talking about. You feel so important. It's like when the people, you, you look at your suit you're wearing and they say you should lie down and prostrate, kneel down before the Lord. Come worship and bow down. Let us offer praise to our maker. No, I'm not going to bow down. Hallelujah. If you look at my Gucci shoes that I'm wearing, my, my Prada suit, you see, I should just put it in this dirty place. Hallelujah. The poor man too says that. The Bible says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas, after they had been beaten and put in prison, waiting death in the morning, the Bible said they lifted up their voices to sing and worship. And the prisoners heard them. Even in the middle of the threat of death, they were worshiping. Hallelujah. Sometimes too, when we come, we get distracted. The musicians are not playing well. The singers are not singing well. It's very difficult for us to concentrate to sing. You don't sing because the musicians are playing well. You don't sing because they are doing what they are. No, no, you sing because it's a sacrifice. Hallelujah. The second sacrifice I want to talk about is the sacrifice of giving. We just read it. Go back to the scripture we we're reading. Hebrews 13. After talking about sacrificing with the fruit of our lips, he talks about giving. Do not forget, therefore, by him let us come off a uh, fruit of our lips. Go on, verse, next verse. But do not forget to do good and to share with those, with, for with such sacrifice, God is well what? pleased. So it is not just using your mouth to worship but it's also learning to share with others. Giving is part of sacrifice. Hallelujah. I say giving is what? Part of some of us we are, we are very quick to give to God. It's very easy. Because we know that that is a blessing. But we don't know how to give to others. 
We don't know how to give to those in need. God has never spoken to you to bless anybody. Ever. That is Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. But he's saying that God is well pleased when we share with those in need. See, our brothers in the Muslim religion, they obey the scripture more than we do. They sit, they sit uh, all the poor people, the blind, the, the whatever, in front of the temple as you are going towards the mosque. Part of your worship is to give to the poor before you get into the mosque to go and pray. But we don't have that or we have deleted that from our gospel. It is not part of our gospel. When we meet them in the city center and they are asking that we accuse them of drugs because that makes our conscience free. And this drug addict sitting here. Yeah, I'm giving them, give they're going to buy drugs. Who told you they're going to buy drugs? And if they are going to buy, what business of, of, of that is it to you? Yours is to bless them. Yours is to bless them. Give to them. Share your, your riches with those who are in need. Hallelujah. The Bible says that man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell amongst two thieves whilst he was going down. And the, the priest came and he saw, saw these bad people. I'm sure he was one of these drug people that have a drug deal gone wrong and they've caught him. See how they've beaten him. Give your life to Christ. Then he went. Then the Levite also came. The deacon also came. And he passed on the other side because he was late for service. And he has to go to church. And he went. But then a Samaritan came and he saw the guy and he put him on his donkey and took care of him. And then Jesus said, among these three, which one do you think was a neighbor to this man? Which one do you think has qualified to come to the presence of God? It was not the high priest. It was not the Levite. Could it be, I'm not saying, but could it be, don't tell anybody I'm saying this thing, but could it be the reason why the Muslims seem to be more blessed than us? Because the priest us, we accuse them. The Levites, those of us who are here, the Levites, they walked on the other side. The Samaritan is an enemy to the Jew. The Samaritan is not supposed to even interact with the Jew, let alone put the Jew on his donkey. And yet, he was the one. And he took him to an inn and told the innkeeper, take this money, look after him. If you spend more than this, when I come next time, I'll pay everything. Hallelujah. We don't know how to give. We don't know how to bless anybody. Your river doesn't flow to anybody. At best, you give in church and that's it. Hallelujah. Let's look at Hebrews. We are still, no, let, go to Romans with me. Romans. Are you learning something? It's a gospel of what? Oh, nobody's minding me. The gospel of what? How many are going to be sacrificing? Yeah. Look at Romans 12, 1 with me. Therefore, I urge you. No.
No, okay, I'll come back to the one, but look at verse 8 with me. Verse 8 says that he who exalts in exaltation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who sows mercy with cheerfulness. Verse 13 says, distributing to the need, the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. Hallelujah. So he's saying that every time you come to the house of God, and any time you want to draw closer to God, remember to give to those in need. In Hebrews 13, verse 16, we just read, it says, do not forget to do good and share, share for with such sacrifice, God is well pleased. Hallelujah. Let me, let me read to you the message Bible, that Romans 12, 20 to 21, the message Bible. See what it says. Our scriptures tells, tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Are you with me? He says, how many know that it's a sacrifice to bless your enemy? Somebody who's your enemy, when they are dying, God don't punish them. And you must rejoice in the fact that the person has been punished by God. God don't punish you. Thunder fire you. Thunder has fired them. God, God don't punish some country as they were saying that the jollof was nicer. Please, please, it's a joke. Don't start. <laughs> I saw somebody look at me, so I just thought I would say it. <laughs> and you see that now when those who went with their nice jollof, if they go in the first game, they are beating well, well. The people who say, God don't punish them. They thought they had. <laughs> now he says that when you see your enemy hurts, heartbroken, go and give them consolation. It is well. One day, your jollof will be nice. Just put a little bit of tin tomatoes inside. You, you'll be sorted. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a joke. Don't look at me funny. Like I, I was preaching a nice message. Now I've spoiled the message. I haven't spoiled it. It's okay. Hallelujah. Learn to share with those who are in need. Amen. The third thing that you need to sacrifice is yourself. I bring more than a song today. I brought myself. I am your sacrifice. God is not looking for your money. God is looking for you. God is not looking for your, uh, what do you call it? A piece of your time. He's looking for your whole being. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let me, let's read the message. Let me show you what the message Bible says. I think the message Bible for that scripture is very, very powerful. Listen to what the message Bible says. Romans 12, 1 and 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take every day, every day, ordinary life. Sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. 
don't become so well adjusted to the culture that is that you fit into into it without thinking without even thinking instead fix your attention on god you will be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity god bringing the best out of you develops well-informed maturity in you. Did you get it? He says that your everyday activity has now got to be taken out up and presented to God. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around must be given to God. As an offering. Which means that as you are going to bed, you are... What is God saying? When you wake up, what is God saying? As you walk around, what is God saying? As you work, what is God saying? How many have at work? God told you to help somebody do their work, and that person always goes to backbite you. And and you you find a debt on him, and you want to really put the knife in. And God says that, help him. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your feeling as a sacrifice. Your feeling is that now that I have gotten you, it's my opportunity. And the servants of David said to him, Today, alas, the Lord has presented your enemy to you. As he was. The knife right in there. Kill him. God says that. Bible says that where he smote the hem of his garment. His heart was. I mean, they say, hey, how can I touch the Lord's anointing? That was somebody that presented his feelings to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. So instead of killing him, he let him go. See, our life being presented means the reason why for most of us that scripture has never come alive. God doesn't speak to us to do certain things on a daily basis because your life has never been presented to God as a sacrifice. So God can't speak to you on that level, basis, on that level. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because even if he said it, you wouldn't hear it. That person who has been gossiping about you all the time, you have a debt on him. That can finish him completely. God says forgive him. That neighbor who has always been bothering you. The bailiffs come. You are coming to catch him. And you saw him run to the bush to hide there. Say, come. He's here. Go, take him away. <laughs> Next time when you go and come, <laughs> you behave yourself. No. No. He says that don't be like the world. Don't be immature like the world. When you conform to the details of the world, you do what the world does. The world don't know how to forgive. The world is always revenge is what they do. They are not generous. Don't do that. You be generous. You present your body. Bible said, though he was reviled, he reviled not. When they were cursing him, he did not lift up a curse. Don't be a Christian. Every one, two, you are cursing people. <laughs> one, two. Where is your sacrifice? Curse everybody. Angry with everybody. Fighting everybody. 
you don't sacrifice. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Are we learning something? Let me give you the last one for today. So number one is what? Number two. Number three, sacrifice your love. Number four, sacrifice your love. Romans 12, 9 to 21. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the need of the saints, giving to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who, and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place for wrath. For as it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in, doing the, in, do, in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? Good. Hallelujah. Overcome evil with good. Let's go through this very, very quickly. Go, go to the beginning. Let love be without what? Hypocrisy. What is hypocrisy in love? Plastic smile. Like we do in church. We are happy so long as your matter hasn't come. Everybody has a knife on their backs. They are waiting for your day. When you fall, then we all bring our dagger to put inside of you. The day your issue will come, all the secrets that people have been holding in their pockets, they'll bring it out. Meanwhile, you have been working with a person all this while, and he never said anything. You are waiting for his issue. He, the day his problem will come. Some of us, the day our brother stumbles and falls, that is the day our testimony comes. Then we start dancing. What happened to love covers a multitude of sins? What happened to do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith? What happened to love is pure, love is kind, love is patient, love does not take account of evil done to it. What happened to all those things? Why is it that you can't forgive you can't cover your brother. Because if it were you, you want covering. But because it is not you and it is your brother, hey. Do not let your love be hypocritical. Fake love. Modern day Christians know how to present fake love. Oh, brother pastor, you are the best pastor in the world. Yo, brother pastor, you are... Till the day the pastor's problem comes, eh, that, that the next day the whole church is finished. We, all, we didn't like him anyway. <laughs> we didn't like him. We knew he, we knew he was not correct. 
How many know what I'm talking about? The day you hear something, as for you, you're, every time your problem comes, the pastor covers you. This problem is not even any problem. Hey, you'll be the first to amplify it. And even put more salt and ginger. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? He says, your sacrifice is to love unconditionally. It's to cover the person. I know this thing is not good. You know, let's say this sister has sinned. Sister, come. This sister has sinned. She, she, has, she has gone and done something very bad. Love says, come and hide behind me. Come and hide behind me. I say, if you like, come. Me, I am going to take it. I am the one who instructed her to go and do it. That's what love does. Love covers. I know it is true that you have done it, but I'm hiding you to defend and uphold your name by fighting. When everybody's gone, then I can deal with you. <laughs> How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Learn, learn to cover each other. Next verse, quickly, 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 my time's up. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. If I were your brother, how would you have treated me? If I were your sister, how would you have treated me? Giving honor and preference, meaning that, meaning that love the person more than even yourself. If that chair is the one you are sitting on, give that chair to that person to sit on. Remember that the, the two laws on which the whole testament is hung on is what? Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And then love your neighbor as yourself. What would I want to, to be done for me? Do the same for somebody else. Am I making sense? Next one. Not lacking in diligence, fervent, and serving the Lord. How many of us serve? One of the, the, the um, I didn't have time to talk about it today. One of the sacrifices, the sacrifice of service. Sacrifice of service. I'll add it to this one so I don't go back to it. Sacrifice. One of the things that we must do when we come to the house of God is to learn to serve. Part of our sacrifice is service. Someone say, I will be a servant. Don't be in the house of God and every time you want to be served. You want to be ushered. You want to be sung to. You want to be prayed for. You want to be preached to. What are you doing for others? What sacrifice did you bring? Yesterday, there were people here in the, the whole day. They were here trying to fix things and do things. Some were doing rehearsal, some were praying, some were doing things for the benefit of everybody who is sitting here today. You, what have you done? Ask your neighbor. He's talking to you now. Tell him he's talking to you. It's not about what you will benefit alone. I told you that in every house, there are builders, there are users, and there are what? Abusers and spoilers. You are either a builder. A builder is you come and meet nothing uh, or something small, and then you help it to become big. You know, Dr. Akuto and his wife are builders. When the church started, do you know that the church started on the, the two of them? Dr. and Mrs. Akuto, they started the church. They were the first people. They built the first seat to buy this building. They sold it. Yeah. They met nothing. They met nothing here. But a builder says that even though there's nothing, 
there were these two miserable people who had come from South Africa, didn't know anything. They said they are doing church. They say, a builder says, I don't see any, anything, any building on the ground. But I believe that on this ground, a building can come. So they commit to it. They put their time, their energy, their money towards it. That's a builder. A user comes to see the building nice and they start using it and will never put anything in it. They are not adding anything. They are not taking anything. They just use. An abuser who overuse the thing that has been built. Overuse it till the thing becomes weak. A spoiler will just spoil everything inside. There's a country, they went to watch football. They didn't contribute. Do you know, the people didn't contribute to building, rebuilding the stadium. A rich man took money from his own pocket, two million from his own pocket, and renovated the, the building. And then another rich man paid the ticket for all of them to come and watch for free. When they came and they lost, they decided to spoil everything. They started breaking things and spoiling. You see, look at the spoilers. As I was watching, I said, look at the spoilers. Look at the spo-. This is the reason why you'll never be rich. You will not add. You will not build. You will not contribute. Even your gate fee, you didn't pay. Somebody paid your gate fee for you. Because you didn't win, you are spoiling things. I gave that example for you to see who a spoiler is. But most of us, we are like that. You don't contribute to the church. But you are the people gossiping about the church to spoil it. Hallelujah. See, you've gone quiet. The first one, you're laughing. Now you've gone quiet because this one, is, you can see yourself in the mirror. Yeah, I know my church members. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Right to your feet. Let's go home. We'll continue next week. <laughs>